Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zana. I'm Zook. And I'm just going to make an executive decision. It's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Is it the Stolen Droids Podcast? It is. It is. Okay, um, cool. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. We have no feedback. We do have wonderful sponsors. We're going to jump right into it here. Um, our good friends over at trekradio.net, cryptonradio.com, openbookaudio, stitcher.com, radio KSCR, Geek Factor Radio, and by listeners like you. Yeah. Can we all just agree that 2016 should freaking be over? <laughs> I can't wait for it. Like, I don't, I don't begrudge our friends in Chicago anything. I'm happy the Cubs won, but I think that's like the ultimate sign that something is wrong in the alignment of the earth or the cosmos, or I just saw Dr. Strange. So maybe there's some kind of mystic force acting on us. See my deal with the Cubs winning. They beat the Mets to get there. No, that was Giants. Never mind. Screw it. Okay. Yeah, I'm good with it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm happy for it, but I think it proves that something in nature is off. <laughs> yeah. Something's out of alignment. Besides so. my spine. Everyone's dying. Everything's gone wrong. We have freaking clowns running around. One of them's a president now, president-elect. We need to throw trigger warnings out. Yeah. So um, let's go right into our very first headline because I feel that we're going to talk about this quite a bit. Um, Disclaimer aside, don't care for Trump. We've talked about that. Uh, But we're not a political show, and you don't listen to our show for the politics so we're not going to get into that it is what it is and honestly there's very little anyone can do about it at this point but we are a tech show and a president does have certain things on their agenda when it comes to science and technology and we should talk about that yeah you know i actually saw this headline all week long and i debated putting it in the show notes because of the political aspect of it And then I saw that you went ahead and did it, so here we are. Yep, here we are. Now, again, this comes with another disclaimer, too. We can't see into the future, actually. I know sometimes our track record makes it seem like we can. We can't. Um, And we've been wrong. Oh, wait, no. Yeah, we can't. (laughs) Yeah, we can't. Uh, For instance, and I'll, I'll throw this out here right now, where we really miscalled it. You remember when Obama named Tom Wheeler to be the chairman of the FCC? Yes. And we're like, oh my gosh, an actual former lobbyist for the telecom industry? didn't He used to work for Comcast. He was the one who would pay off politicians to vote in favor of Comcast. How can we have this guy be the head of the FCC? But in that time, this is also the same FCC that redefined broadband to be above 25 megabits, forcing everyone else to increase their speeds, past net neutrality, um, find Comcast, the largest fine ever in the agency's history, find AT&T, uh, I want to say find T-Mobile. Everybody got fined. Uh, they have gone to work. The FCC has probably been more effective under this administration than in any that I can remember. I'm not ancient, so you know I, I can only really remember politics back to 92. But you know what I'm saying? The FCC has been pretty freaking effective under him. So we were totally wrong. And Yeah, although I will say, you know, I haven't I haven't appreciated everything he's done, but 
we've but discussed that on previous shows, but he has done a lot. He's done a lot. And I think you can say, however, even though you don't agree with all of it, you could tell he wasn't acting as a stooge for his former employers. Which is where the surprise came from. Utter surprise. Yeah. Um, so take what well, everything we say with the grain of salt. We're analysts. That's what we're doing. Uh, this is an article from Ars Technica. What? <laughs> you said analyst, and I immediately thought of um, Tobias Funke from from uh, Arrested Development. Oh yes, he he was also uh, a therapist, so you know, yeah. an anaurapist. So that yeah, sorry, that just I've got a twelve-year-old mind. Yeah, inside yeah, a forty-one-year-old body, I'm a horrible person. Yet I don't care. So, um, first up, uh, Ars Technica brings up broadband and net neutrality. This is something that, unfortunately, this president-elect knows nothing about, uh, and it could very well be argued that most president-elects aren't really into technology and science. If recent history has taught us anything, Obama was probably the most into it, and he didn't understand it. You know, he was excited by it and excited for what America could do in it, but it's not something that most people know about, right? Yeah, in- unless you're like in it day to day you i don't think you fully comprehend and understand you know i i often think i don't understand it at all yeah yeah i and we everyone in america uses it to some degree but it's one of those things you don't think about and that's that's fair it's totally fine however he's really into business and businesses don't really care for net neutrality you know i We've talked about it before. I don't like net neutrality. I say let the free markets work. If you piss off your customers, you piss off your customers and they go elsewhere. Except for the fact that they can't in many cases. I know. And that's the problem. We have this freaking crony capitalism that goes on. We have monopolies where I don't understand how they cannot be monopolies. Well, technically, they're not monopolies. They're oligopolies, which are yes. totally not just legal, but protected by law. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm trying to like bring it down for like so there's I know. not a lot of anything ha- could set you off right now <laughs> so a lot of words don't have to come out of my mouth i'm trying to, which is funny because i'm a podcaster but no it's i'm just trying to simplify it yeah but, now I, it wouldn't surprise me if maybe a year down the line there's talk about revoking net neutrality well he's he's already promised a, quote, temporary moratorium on any new agency regulations. Right, but does I, that mean he'll go back and try and undo some of the previous ones? I, I like the moratorium because I don't like regulation. I, that's that's me. That's my get the hell out of my face and leave me alone uh, when it comes to government. But I'm very interested to see what he does with existing regulations. Right, right. If he's going, I mean, we don't, he doesn't want anything new. Is he going to take stuff off the books? That's, I think that's what we need to really keep our eyes on. Mm -hmm. And Um, we also need to hold his feet to the fire on nothing new. Right. Um, Hi, Ninja. What's up? Just jumped up. It's like he likes when I start podcasting, so he jumps up to say hi. Uh, encryption and cybersecurity. 
Okay, this one I'm a little bit concerned about, and the only thing I have to go off of, and, and, spoiler alert, we're going to be sounding like we're pretty critical of him, mainly because we kind of are. Uh, during one of the uh, election debates, I want to say it was the second or third one? Where he talked about the cyber? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I think that was it. Ninja, please. So I'm being <laughs> mauled by the cat again. Oh, another episode of Cat Butthole. Yes. So Hillary Clinton went on to talk about how Russia was using cyber attacks against us. They were trying to skew the election. They were trying to throw opinion one way. And that wasn't rhetoric. That wasn't her making that up. That was fact. As fact, fact is best we know it. Um, it wasn't her saying that. It was 17 different intelligence agencies saying that now whether or not she got that information because she has political inroads i want to say and don't quote me on this because i don't know for sure i want to say that when the candidates get to that point they both get the same information you would hope so i i would think so (laughs) so don't quote me on that but he did something that was really kind of alarming. Um, most people didn't catch it, but he denied it. He said, she's she's making that up. That she never got any report. There's no report. She doesn't know that for sure. It could be a 400-pound person in bed doing it, for all we know. And that's taking a really uh, dangerous stance on cybersecurity. It's like, no, no, people can tell. People can see where these hacks are coming from. People can see what's happening. It's not as much black magic as some people would imagine. Well, I think one thing we have to keep in mind, and this is true for Hillary Clinton as well. These are like 70-year-old people. Oh, yeah. Whoa. And, you know, you no look No offense at, to any of our elderly listeners, but... No, but you look at... Think of your mom and her level of tech savvy. Uh, think of your your kids and their level of tech savvy, and then compare the two. You know, well, the older generations that- just... And, and there are exceptions, so please don't get me wrong, but they're generally not as tech savvy as the younger kids, so they... They don't fully understand. Some but so of this what they stuff. do is they put together reports and they put together memos and memorandums and alerts and they send it to the seventy-year-old people who are actually are in charge, right? And that's the most they can do. Yeah. But then when the seventy-year-old person says, "Oh, I don't understand this, but I'm told this is a really important thing, and I'm being told it by everyone. We should do something. Oh, okay. Versus, I don't understand this, so it obviously doesn't mean anything big. Yeah. That's scary. That's, and since, that's a concern, yes. And since we know for a fact that cybersecurity and cyber warfare is the new form of warfare we're going to be going up against, you know, it's just... That is where our next big attack will happen. Well, I think it's already there. That's already, I think it's a daily thing at this point, probably. Right, right. Again, he may surround himself with people who know a lot more about it than he does. If he doesn't, 
this is going to be a problem. Uh, the next one is science. I don't understand why, but when people say science, they immediately tap it into education as well. I do too. Do you do this or? When I think of science, I just, I, I think of Bill Nye actually, and I get really angry. <laughs> In all honesty, and Neil deGrasse Tyson, because they've Bill, be- Bill, 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 they've become the face of science, and I can't stand either one of those people. And I know that that's like blasphemy to say to to say to people in this day and age, but I cannot stand either one of them. I think they are both arrogant pricks, and I just have no desire to listen to any words that come out of their mouth. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I I I respect them both highly, actually. But sometimes it's like, back off. I realize that you're trying to save the world in your own way, but you realize the rest of us have jobs, right? Like this isn't the most important thing to the rest of us. And see, I I think I think Neil deGrasse Tyson is very respectable. I mean, for the most part, he can be kind of an a hole sometimes if you check him out on Twitter and whatnot. But he's i he's should be very well respected and and i do respect his his education and his you know his his knowledge and i just can't stand the guy yeah um so back to trump here trump has repeatedly confirmed the idea that vaccines cause autism has publicly stated that climate change is a hoax and has said that if it were up to him, he would completely dissolve the Department of Education. I think the only way science is going to move forward is if it happens to be good for business. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, I I totally agree. I mean, the guy is a he's all about the bottom dollar. If he can make money with science, he will. Space exploration. Um this is an interesting one because and this article doesn't talk about it, but he has put forth in his plan that he would like to see NASA get out of the low earth orbit or the near earth space travel. He would like to refocus NASA to farther out missions to doing the quote unquote outer space and let the near earth space be privatized. I don't think that's a horrible idea. I really don't either. And, you know, as you said that, my first thought was, wait, NASA still goes to space? Yeah. The problem with that idea, though, is that you're working on the assumption that private industry wants to go to low Earth orbit. There are some, though. I mean, Richard Branson's been working on it with Virgin, and we've got got a couple. I can't even – what's that one? They just had the, the rockets explode. Not too long ago. No, there's SpaceX. There's yeah, SpaceX. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's happening. We're seeing it happen. Yeah, there's. I think there's a demand. Well, there's an interest, and that interest is going to foster a demand. I believe the problem with this is the idea of well, we'll refocus NASA on just farther out space missions, farther out space exploration. Great in theory, and I agree it should happen. However. That's more expensive. It is, and there, and not by a small amount. And the near the near Earth missions, I think, you know, you go up, you fix satellites, you do the stuff that they do. That's got a lot of national security implications. You can't just completely abandon that. 
Right, exactly. So those are two big sticking points that I don't really know um, how that will affect things. I do like I do like the idea though of sending our our astronauts back out there and actually doing space exploration. You know, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't been to the moon for how many decades now? Why not? Let's go back. Let's go to Mars. Let's do this stuff that people have talked about for for decades. People, we have GoPros now. The last time we got footage on the moon, we didn't. Think of all the awesome GoPro videos we could have now. That would be cool. Or those 360 Facebook a- videos. Oh, yeah. You're not carrying around a little 35 millimeter camera anymore. You get a, or 8 millimeter, whatever it was. 35 millimeter was, the, yeah, never mind. But um, film geeks are like screaming at their computers right now, looking at their <laughs> phone. Um, Shut up, Zoner. You're an idiot. No, I, I caught my mistake. I know it. So, um, Intellectual property. Um, look again, we're just going off of our best guess off of what he said about what we know of the industry. I think this will be an absolute disaster. Well, he hasn't really said anything about it, so we don't know. I mean, well, we do know that he said that he wanted to open up libel laws, which causes me all sorts of concern. He wants to close the Internet in places to fight ISIS. But is that intellectual property? No, but it does talk about shutting down freedom of speech in a way. And a lot of times, that's what the argument is. They're violating our intellectual property versus I'm exercising my free speech. That that seems to be the most common battle between okay, I can people see from one side and people from the other side. And again, he's very business friendly. And people... Exercising free speech isn't good business. They give negative reviews. Yeah, I can see that. Um, Next on this article makes no sense. Marijuana. I don't know why this is on this list. I I think they're talking about medical use of it. I don't care. We're not going to talk about it. I want to bring up his promise. uh, And he made this during his campaigning. He was going to make Apple build everything in the U.S. Remember that? I I vaguely recall that. There was he, so much hot air that came out, I can't keep it all straight. He said he would force Apple to build everything in the U.S. I from, know. From an American standpoint, I would prefer if it was all made in the U.S. I, I like the idea of buying American. Wherever Do you I like- can do you like the idea of an $1,800 iPhone, though? Not as much. Not as much. <laughs> now, I did some number crunching, okay? Um, Foxconn has a team of 500,000 people working on iPhones. This was the iPhone 5S. It was the most recent stat I could, okay. I could find, okay? And those 500,000 people are able to pump out 600,000 iPhones a day. Okay. Okay. Now, assuming, which we know to be wrong, assuming that one person works on one iPhone, like this one person builds it from beginning to end. We know that's not how they do it, but bear with me. That means that each person is able to make 1.66, so one and two thirds iPhones a day. 
if you were to take that and move it over to America, that person would be paid, according to a 2014 um, salary census, the average factory worker in the U.S. makes $12 an hour. A maximum of eight hours a day. Right? Mm-hmm. So each phone would cost roughly 58 to $60. I don't ex- remember my exact figure. To assemble. Just assemble. And you're thinking, well, $60 doesn't sound that bad. $60 to assemble a, you know, a $400 device? Yeah, okay. That's not horrible, right? Until you have to remember that the profit margins on these things are so slim that the only way Apple currently makes money on them is by actually spending, like, 50 cents to assemble it. Yes. And then you have to remember, and I only know this because I have friends who work in human resources, that a company that pays an employee $12 an hour is paying much more than $12 an hour for that employee. You have benefits, you have insurance, you have disability insurance, you have unemployment insurance, you have the the resources that that employee takes up in terms of power, computer, training, and we're a lot more stringent about it here in the U.S. than they happen to be in Podunk, China. Yeah, we are. You can get away with a lot of stuff in third world countries. And I am saying China is a third world country in this respect than you can compared to the U.S. I think Foxconn is a third world. <laughs> it probably is. It's yeah. a third world employer. <laughs> yeah, that, um, that's probably a better a better way. Yeah, Foxconn is the yeah. third world country there. Yeah, so taking all this into account, that number bumps up slightly. It bumps up to maybe, we'll say, about $90. $90 per iPhone just to assemble it. On top of that, then you have to ship all the components in one at a time instead of shipping them to Foxconn, which, let's face it, that means that most of the components are going across the street there, and here it's coming across the entire ocean. So shipping costs are going to go up. All in all, and this again, this is just like back-of-the-napkin math I did the other day, it's going to increase the price of every iPhone up at least 150 to $200. Yeah, the price will not stay what you're accustomed to. And that's just the phone. Never mind what? the rest of their stuff. Yeah, what about the adapters? Holy crap. I know, right? You need now, 17 adapters, each $150 more than normal. <laughs> this raises another issue. See, a lot of assembly lines in the U.S. become so specialized for the one thing they make, trying to retool them for anything else costs a freaking fortune in 2015 the u.s army was delivered 200,000 a1 m1 abram tanks or m1 a1 excuse me abram tanks tanks they didn't want (laughs) the army straight up said they didn't want the tanks but they have to keep making them congress ordered them anyway because if they stop accepting tanks if they stop buying tanks, the entire community that builds those tanks, because those tanks can only be made in one spot in the U.S., the entire city goes out of business. Everyone loses their job. If they don't keep assembling stuff, they can't sell stuff. And if they can't keep selling stuff, no one gets paid. 
And so there are entire runways and desert graveyards filled with this top-of-the-line tank that the army has no use for. Now, tanks are different than phones. Yes. But the same idea happens. Same principles apply. Same principles, probably in lesser effect. But, and finally, I don't know if a president can actually order a private company to do something like that. Um, I would think there's probably something against it in the Constitution, if not case law. I think the only way he could do this, and again, it's not him, it's Congress, by enacting tariffs on foreign-made electronics. And he has talked about tariffs, and tariffs were not a good thing in the 1920s and early 30s. Not a good thing today. Not in the 70s, not in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, not a, not a good thing. Tariffs are, are not something that's good. Unless, you know, it's it's British tea and you can express your displeasure over the tariff by throwing it into yeah. the Boston No one's going to be throwing iPhones into, you know, harbors and bays. Yeah, not going to happen. Especially because the new ones are water-resistant anyway, you know? They'll just float. Um... So, yeah. Interestingly, Google had some stats about uh, the 2016 elections, and namely what people were searching after them. The number This one... was weird. I, I thought this, this was fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, one, how did Trump win? <laughs> Two, how did this happen? Three, how did Clinton lose? Four, how did Michigan vote? And five, how did the polls get it so wrong? That's just, I mean, that that's like the same thing about uh, that happened after Brexit. You know, number one search term on Google after Brexit. What is Brexit? <laughs> I mean, yeah, people just. I think this election has a lot of people scratching their heads. Because I, I think, yeah, for two years we were told by the pundits. And by the pollsters and everybody else that this is how it's going to go down. And it went down the exact opposite. And it just... By a surprising amount. Yeah. And, and people just can't wrap their heads around it. Yeah. I, I think this election highlighted more than anything that there is a vast majority of America that is underrepresented in online counting. Honestly, uh, maybe not necessarily online counting, but just counting in general. Well, I, I I would agree with that. But the reason I say online is because everywhere you went online, people were saying one thing versus another thing. OK, the people who and I understand that I'm not all of humanity, not the entire nation's consciousness is not rolled into mine. I get that. But I'm online a lot, and I hit all corners of the internet on a regular basis. Except um, that one. Except for the one. The, yeah. yeah. That, that is not our land, and we should never go there. <laughs> nice Lion King reference there. Thank you. Um, and what I was seeing was people freaking out that Hillary should win because it's a moral battle versus people freaking out because they really don't want Muslims that's an overgeneralization. 
I get that. Yeah, I, I was going to say that's that's a little bit general. That's an incredible overgeneralization. But the people who were the people who were backing Trump that I saw online weren't doing it because of his policies. The people who were backing Trump online were doing it because they hated Hillary. But it turns out there's an entire swath of America that really were backing Trump because of his policies. And yeah. it's those people who Google missed, CNN missed, 270 to win missed, everyone missed. And it turns out they're probably not well represented in anything because evidently we all forgot they existed. Well, and I think that that's kind of why you saw so many people surprised on election night. I mean, I was just giddy watching watching the uh, political commentators and the news media have a complete meltdown over how wrong they were. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's this, like you said, there's this entire swath of the population that nobody pays attention to. And, and evidently I, we were Googling about them the day after. Yes. And I, and I think that, that who are that, these people? I think that, I think that they're tired though of, of feeling that way. Uh, they know that nobody pays attention to them. Trump paid attention to them. Well, you know what? If they would just hop on Reddit, then we'd all know they were there. That would be helpful. That, that would, would be, be very helpful, helpful guys. <laughs> a, a Google group hey, or a Yahoo forum or something. We know they're on the internet because we've got sites like FarmersOnly.com. Yeah, that's the later headline. Um, let's stay really? in the... <laughs> Let's stay in the quasi-political tech uh, area with uh, with Gina. Um, Gina has a new cybersecurity law. It sounds so close to another word I can't say on this show. You can. <laughs> anyway. Um, if you want to sign up for anything in China now, uh, if you want to chat... If you want to um, buy something, or well, that's a bad example, but anything else, you now must register with your real name and personal information. Before anyone says, well, duh, that's probably a good idea anyway, I'd like to remind you, you don't need to do that anywhere else in the world. You can sign up for a Gmail address with completely false information. Wait, you can Oh, yeah. And you can even tell Google not to show your real name. And yeah. it's that way with everyone. You know, we talked, was it last week, we talked about how China is gamifying obedience to the state. And now we've got China basically just grabbing control of the Internet as as only they can. And... It kind of concerns me. What are these mm-hmm. people going to what like what's their end game here with the internet? Cuz I know that there's been talk uh, of you know, in fact, did it happen did the UN did they give control over to the UN for for internet stuff? You know, strangely with all this election news, people stopped paying attention to that news. I haven't even seen a headline on it in months. I haven't I haven't either. Um but you know, just imagine if you get China in charge of the internet. What what's that going to do in the U.S.? They are on the Security Council. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of scary stuff, people. Um, now, even worse is the idea that 
if people want to use instant messaging, how do I want to say this? I'm sorry. I've been working all day today, like actual hard physical labor out in the yard, moving rocks, taking down trees. So I'm a little bit fried. It was on the chain gang. Uh, yes, I was. Now, okay, so let's go back in time. Cold War era level stuff, okay? If you were to say, oh, yeah, the government listens to every word we say on the telephone, and every conversation is recorded, and then there's a team of people that go through every single conversation line by line looking for anything that could be considered unpatriotic or un-American or anything like that. You'd say, yeah, Right. Because even during the Cold War era, even during the McCarthy era, that's way too many conversations, way, way too many phone calls for anyone to go and listen to in real time. You know, it, it's it's impossible. Well, unfortunately, it's not the McCarthy era anymore. It's 2016. Don't get me wrong. I'm actually quite happy it's not the McCarthy era. But it's 2016. And these aren't phone calls. These are text conversations, which means they're already indexed and on a computer. And all you need to do is throw a supercomputer at it and say, filter all conversations for words like this or talk in this way. It's not hard. Yeah, they've already got the transcript. Yeah, you've given it to them. Well, and, you know, thinking about the transcript, you look at, like, Google Voice. You get the the text message from Google Voice when you have a voicemail. And it tells you what that voicemail said via a text message. So I mean, they've they've got the text, the speech to text stuff. They've they've got it all. They know everything. They listen to everything. Break out your tinfoil, put it on your head. It Wrap your help. phone in it too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Look, the government knows where you've been too because you carry a tracking device. Yes. Um, speaking of uh, wrapping your phone in tinfoil and watching it explode. Oh, wait, I didn't say that. Um, there's another Samsung that may be having problems. Yeah, I thought this was interesting. I, I didn't see a whole lot of stories on this, uh, but our local uh, CBS affiliate ran it on their website. So, um, yeah, some some Galaxy J5 in France caught fire and exploded now on one hand it's a samsung so this is probably true but on the other hand it's france and we don't know if they know how to use technology <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like maybe she put it in the oven to to warm it up because it was starting uh, starting slowly yeah that's just that's crazy but yeah the phone started to swell and smoke and which means battery. Yeah, and then tossed it over and or tossed it away and caught fire and blew the back off. So, Samsung, they really want 2016 to be over as well. Yeah. I just, I, I don't think that, I don't think things can go much worse for that company at this point. I just, just you wait. We'll show you wrong. <laughs> just wait till we show you how we can fail. True. And we do have, we do have exploding washing machines from them and stuff. So, I mean, they are really trying hard to up their, 
up their explosiveness. Well, let's see here. Let's let's rule out any component they make. Because Samsung makes chips, right? They make memory chips. They make superconductors and processors. Let's rule those out. Uh, we have stereos, right? We have TVs. Yep. We have um, alarm clocks. That seems kind of low-key. Well, so did a phone. I just realized I don't actually know everything they make. They make a lot. They make too many of the things. They make all the things. They do. Okay, so phones, and- tablets, wearables, virtual reality, um, apps. I don't think apps are going to explode. I hope apps don't explode. TVs, home theaters, headphones. Oh, that'd be a bad one. Wireless speakers, <laughs> stereo shelf systems, uh, laptops, desktops, Chromebooks, printers. Oh, printers. They just sold off their printer division. Oh, you're right. You're right. Okay, here we go. Refrigerators, ranges, wall ovens, cooktops and hoods, microwaves. That's the next one. Dishwashers, or that's the next one. Washers, dryers, vacuums. Man, I just realized I have a Samsung Smart Hub in my home. It could make anything in the house explode. Your house is going (laughs) to blow up. My deadbolt randomly goes. My thermostat... (laughs) There's signs of breaking and entering here. No, it's actually my my deadbolt just exploded. My door attacked me. What are you doing, Zook? Yeah. Well, speaking of your door attacking and wanting to know what you're doing, Samsung's making an AI. This... I, my knee-jerk reaction is that this is a very stupid idea. Why? Why so? Explain. Okay, um, I'll explain. Let's see here. You know, my phone is a Samsung S Galaxy S7. And like all phones, it comes with a very special app. It's a Samsung app that's used for uh, browsing the internet. Uh, and there's another one. It's a Samsung app for viewing pictures. It's a gallery. And then there's a Samsung app that's uh, used for mail. And there's a Samsung app. There's a Samsung app for everything. Okay, LG does the same thing. Um, All the phone manufacturers do their own thing. And you know what? I don't use any of them. I use Google Chrome. I use the Google Hangouts for my Messenger. I use Gmail for my email client. I don't use any of the Samsung apps. With the exception of S Health. But even then, I could use Google Fit. Well, Samsung Pay. I do use Samsung Pay, only because I like it more than I like Google Pay. Pay. Yeah, Android Pay. But Google Now is already on there, and so is Cortana, and both of them have years of head start over Samsung. Not to mention, they both integrate with more things than just my phone. Cortana integrates with my laptop, with my tablet, with all my laptops, all my computers. Uh, Google Now integrates with my entire Google account. Samsung integrates with just my phone. That's it. Yeah, I I actually agree completely with you. I when I first heard this, I thought they would be better served to utilize one of the other AIs that have already have years of development behind it. Now, if you stop and you think about Siri, Siri when it came out, and it was okay, it was cool, it was novel, but you think about 
then Siri then compared to Siri now, how much better it is. Or you think about Google now three years ago compared to Google now now. Even Alexa. Even Alexa over the last, what, two years? Yeah. Now, I think Samsung would be best served, and they probably can't do they, I know, not probably, I know for a fact they can't do this, but introduce a phone that has deep level hooks for all the virtual assistants. So you can go in there and change Google Now over to Cortana or Alexa, and if Siri was on Android, that too. So you actually had your choice. That would be nice. It would be nice, but Google doesn't allow it. No. Now, which reminds me, I probably need to take Cortana off my phone again. I really miss not being able to to just talk to it and have it say stuff back. I'm so ronery. You're married, right? Still? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, hey, speaking of Android and some of their onboard stuff, Android Auto. The system everyone wants, but no one wants to buy a $1,200 car stereo to use it. I, you know, I was recently in a Best Buy. I, I was looking, I had to get some cables. Uh, and unfortunately, we've reached that point in the world where SATA cables are the most common computer cables out there, but you can't find a store near you that has them. You have to go online. I needed SATA cables. I needed them right then. I went and drove three cities away. <laughs> to a Best Buy to buy them for like nine bucks a pop. Yeah, it was all I could do. It was the only place I could find them. Well, while I was there, I went past the car stereos and I saw three car stereos there with Apple CarPlay. None with Android Auto. Seriously? Seriously. Weirdest thing ever, right? Well, it turns out that Android Auto is having a problem catching on. And I think the big problem is that no one wants to go out and buy a brand new car to have it built in. And few people want to go out and buy a $1,000 stereo system to have it. Yeah, true. So recognizing, I mean, it's hard to get things off the ground when the price of entry is so high. So to fix that, the latest model of Android Auto, version 2.0, when you plug in, you can start it up on your phone, and it goes on your phone screen. Your phone becomes Android Auto. Which is nice. It's very nice. However, it's flawed. It is. I, I've been using it all week. Ever since this headline came out, I've been using it. I've paired it with my Bluetooth in my car, which is really nice, because as soon as the Bluetooth kicks on and my phone pairs to it, it launches Android Auto. Yeah. That's good. That's in the good category. Um, the interface is very simple. I can browse through my music on Pandora. I can answer calls. I can have it speak text messages to me. That all works. That's about all that works. Well, and you think about the navigation as well. It it forces to Google Maps, Mm -hmm. which not necessarily a bad thing, but I use Waze. I'd much rather use Waze. Well, and not just that. It actually makes it very difficult to change your destination. And I don't know if Google Google Maps 
has this problem in the actual Android Auto, the full 7-inch screen touch display, or if it's just because they've had to shrink it down to my phone. But I have this problem when I'm listening to music. I have this problem when I'm trying to find destinations. You can open any of these apps very easily. You can't change things in the app. So if I'm listening to Hamilton on the music program and I want to switch to OK Go, good luck with that. In fact, it's easier to change music programs over to like my podcast one or to Google Music or anything else. It's easier to do that than it is to find other tracks in the same program or find other destinations in the same map system. Yeah. Yeah, I think it still has a long way to go. It's the right I it's the right choice though. It's the right idea. I I agree. I am very glad that it's showing up now on on just the phone that they've updated the app and you know, I remember when they announced this at Google IO when was that June? Mhm. Uh I was very excited for it, and mostly because I wanted to see what it was like, but I I still can't use it. It's still not at a point where it's something that I can benefit from. Yep. Um, let's move into um, badly behaving companies. First off, remember that whole VW emissions kerfuffle? Oh, that was a nightmare, wasn't it? Well, it turns out that people... Like, I'm confused by this headline. People are out of sorts realizing that, turns out, Audi was doing the same thing. And I have to look at them funny and go, you know Audi was owned by Volkswagen, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, this shouldn't be surprising <laughs> at all. But Audi. It's Audi. It's quality. Oh, hey, by the way, Lamborghini was owned by them, too. So how long until we see headlines on that? I don't think they care. I don't I think don't anyone think is buying a Lamborghini because of their of its clean diesel. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah, that's probably true. I got the new uh, Aventador. Yeah, it has this great engine. It sounds like a canal boat. <laughs> <laughs> Not a high performance sound. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Yahoo. Yahoo knew of their email breaches for a little bit longer than they originally let on. This pisses me off because, I mean, we were affected by this one. Hacks, this this was a Hacks Honor one. Yeah. And if they knew about it and didn't let people know, that's bad news. Yeah. Sorry, man. Yeah, they apparently found out in 2014, but they only publicly disclosed it in September. You might remember we talked about it. So, I mean, they found out about a 2012 breach two years later and let people know about it two years after that. Well, I have a question. Isn't there any other way for us to find out about these breaches? Because if Yahoo had never told us, would we have ever known? Probably not. Not until somebody put two and two together when their identity got thieved. There has to be some kind of watchdog agency. You know what I'm saying? Maybe the fact that there should, isn't one. Maybe we should be that. Like a life lock, which doesn't work, by the way. But like some kind of monitoring agency that says we've just monitored that this was hacked. 
and not, oh, we monitored this happened two years ago. Or in this case, four years ago. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I'd love to see something like that. We'll do it. We'll be rich. That'll save my identity. No, you can't be a part of this. You can't I, be in this company because as soon I, as you're in this company, you screw us all. I I will be. I'm like the honey pot that will be used in this. We'll company. send you over to Kaspersky or Apple or somewhere. You'll be an employee there, and then oh, we can just crap. say we imagine that all of Kaspersky clients are, are now compromised. <laughs> or oh, that yep, would make sense. All, all Apple clients are. Yeah, that makes total sense. We're low on cash flow. Hey, Zana, go sign up for a new service. This service has now been compromised. Yeah. That's just... We'd be the ones doing it. Just my luck. <laughs> just my luck. Um, this one is funny. This... Uh, what was it? Friday I found out about this? Spotify, it turns out, has had a slight glitch. No, it would have been Thursday. Thursday. Uh, I don't use Spotify. Do you use Spotify? Um, yeah. Did they get hacked? <laughs> <laughs> You'd think... Um, no, it turns out there's a major bug um, for Mac, Windows, and Linux. If you use Spotify, it has been writing massive amounts of junk data to your hard drive just randomly. I put this link in the show notes, and Schmitty, who still goes over show notes with us and, and, and fact checks for us, goes, wait a minute, and he goes and checks his computer. He's like, holy crap, my computer has had 86 gigs written to it in the last four days just from Spotify. <laughs> really? And that, okay, well, hard drives are like a few terabytes now. I have a four terabyte external drive sitting here next to me. That's no big deal. Oh, wait, SSDs, right. Those are common now. They have a limited amount of rights before they're just dead. And they're typically not that large. So, well, that sucks. Oh, my goodness. Now I've got to try and figure out. Because my son uses Spotify on my computer a lot more than I do. Oh, man. I wonder how much he, how much data I've had written. Yeah. I'm going to have so, to look um, into this. I'm going to read this entire paragraph for you verbatim. Three. This is another Ars Technica um, report. Three Ars reporters who ran Spotify on Macs and PCs had no trouble reproducing the problems reported, not only in the above-mentioned Spotify forum, but also on Reddit, Hacker News, and elsewhere. Typically, the app wrote from 5 to 10 gigs of data in less than an hour on the reporters' machines, even when the app was idle. Leaving Spotify running for periods longer than a day resulted in amounts as high as 700 gigs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's like, oh, I'm just bored. I'm bored. It's Spotify is looking at porn is what it's happening. It's <laughs> Spotify not just is just looking at it. It's like downloading all of it. It's just bored. Your computer's just bored. It's twiddling its thumbs. Speaking wow. of porn. So Vine got cut by Twitter and closed. Except there may be another company that wants to buy it. There could be a happy ending in... Ha ha. The Pornhub. Future. Pornhub is interested in buying Vine for the sole purpose of creating six-second porno. <laughs> There's so many jokes there. I'll just make the one. And I think it's the only one that really needs to be made. If it only takes six seconds for you, consult a doctor. Because there's something wrong. 
You know, my my thinking was a lot of women are out there probably saying that's about twice as long as the norm. <laughs> I'm just, I, I've seen gifts longer than six seconds. Yeah, that is true. I just, I don't understand. Like, people are obsessed with keeping Vine alive. Yeah, I don't see why. Um, our last headline is another funny one of a company behaving badly. Um, did you know our dear friend Kristen Edipak died yesterday? I did hear that. Yeah. We love Kristen, and we're very sorry to see her go, especially because then she commented on her own Facebook post going, what the hell? It turns out there was a global glitch on Facebook that wiped out most of the population of Earth. So many people, their profiles were switched over to an in-memoriam profile. We're so sad. We hope that you loved this person or find peace in their passing was put all over their profile. Now, I checked mine. I didn't die. Evidently, I guess I'm not worthy for the rapture or something. (laughs) But, yeah, no, like Facebook couldn't figure it out either. Them as a company released statements saying, we don't know what's caused this. We're rolling it back. We're trying to fix it. Just people died. That's hilarious. I I don't know that I died. I think I was still alive because every time I checked, I, I didn't see anything, but... (laughs) who knows who knows so favorite time huh yeah let's discuss favorites i'm going first this week so um you know i i like awesome apps i i pay attention to my health i try and be relatively not unhealthy and a big part of that uh for me was stopping drinking soda i i stopped drinking soda a couple years ago now (laughs) instead of soda i just drink water and you know we've been told for years that we need to drink eight glasses of water a day well i've always wondered how big is a glass who's determining what glass we're using can we use just the little orange tupperware cups that mom has from 1970 or do we need like a glass glass that's like 16 or 18 ounces but i came across an app uh, earlier this week, I think maybe last week, called Hydro Coach. There is a pro and uh, and uh, um, free version, and you put in your information, and it tells you this is the recommended amount of water you should be drinking. For me, it's a lot of water, but you know the thing is, I like to drink water. That's all I drink because I'm terrified of kidney stones, and it's really kind of cool because it will remind me. Okay, you haven't had a drink. And unfortunately, I drink more than it usually says because I get thirsty. And so the reminders, not real helpful, but they are good, you know, if you struggle struggle to drink enough. So if you want to know how much water you're drinking, if you want to track it, this is a really cool way to do it. Check it out. It's on Android. I'm not sure if it's on iOS or not, but it, it's worth taking a look regardless. Excellent. Uh, my favorite, and the reason why I'm going next is because I'm actually going to play you my favorite. Um, I actually just discovered this week the rap duo Can't Stop, Won't Stop. Um, evidently, they were a thing on YouTube, and they still are, I think. I'm not really sure. They're still around. Uh, they have a, a video on YouTube with Lindsey Sterling. And what's really funny is the fact that 
it's a couple of white dudes, Mormons from Provo, which is just up the freeway from me. And it's hilarious to me because hip hop is actually pretty big here in Utah. Um, but it's the suburban hip hop, you know, it's beastie boys, it's run DMC. It's, it's not the real deep cuts that many aficionados would identify as hip hop. It's all the early to mid nineties stuff that we all loved here. Uh, if you want to hear some wicked rhymes, Schmitty does it, but this group tries to redo those, recapture them. And I've become such a fan of them. I reached out to them. So Joe, Gene, anyone who's hearing this on a radio station, don't worry. I've gotten permission to play it. So I'm going to play you one of their tracks, and we're going to sign off with it called uh, Up and Away uh, from a few years ago. I'm going to see if these guys can do our new theme song. So I think it would be pretty cool. Uh, anyway, this is our show. Um, feedback at StolenDroids.com. Follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. Until next time, cheers. Good day. And grab yourself a beverage Or hop if you want to just pass to my leverage The evidence, as they say, is in the pudding So show me the money like my name is Cuba Gooding It ain't fool's gold, it's gold, fool Can't stop, won't stop, keeping it old school So cool Big spoon is my nom's a plume I keep it popping like a needle in a new balloon And if you don't know by now, then you need more schooling Let loose, kid, get stupid Got more flavor than I know what to do It's to get your hands up if you're part of the movement And bump to the bump to the baseline I made it rock before you throw had FaceTime. Yes, sirree, you know my steez. I stay fresh to death like I'm drowning in Febreze. Up, up, and away we go. Up, up, and it's making me glow. Up, up, and away we go. Up, up, and I like it. And up, up, and away. Up and away. I'm in pilot mode. One step ahead on this dollar store. That means I'm boss father. Speak dope, I'm boss father. Home of a head and I'm all sorry. All eyes on your boy and I'm post-side. Wait till you're outside as I'm all lava. Let me open up like this door knocker. Show you how I lay a down, boy, so proper. No scholar, but much class. The gem fell under your nose like a mustache. My pen splash. Equivalent of a benzo, hem class. So fly my wardrobe, come a jet lag. Cost dope, cause my hooks is fresh crack. So dope, I'm a certain. Pen actors, been at it, got pen fresh All lines with my pen game, Pinterest That's June, Hall of Fame, Dollar Game Sons big like Wallace, you pocket change All of our presidents, no politician But every big face need your running mate yes. Up, up, and away we go Up, up, and it's making me glow yes. Up, up, and away we go Up, up, and like it Up, up, and away Let me burst on this verse. I rock steady, but I never rehearse. And never reverse. Our work is right on the money. Yo, I got more raps than a mummy, honey. This be the boogie to jumpstart your ventricles. Strapped on the track like tentacles. I put the squeeze on these other MCs. Cutting imitators off at the knees. Oh, please. The way I'm ripping it up. I never let up. So hold on to your butts. And I'ma wake you up. Show you how it's done. I kick your swagger in the athletic cup, son. I'm blessed to be spitting these rhymes instead of sitting in a cubicle and losing my mind. So this is my time to shine. And I'ma do it so bright, I'll make busters go blind. Up, up, and away we go. Up, up, and it's making me glow. Up, up, and away we go. Up, up, and like it. Up, up, and away.
This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.